was, I... it was a bit cliched. It was, mm. it was a bit cliched. Are, are you along with me in the fact that you managed to avoid this whole story? Like, not so yeah. much like personally avoid it, but I've somehow managed to so go my whole life without figuring out no. anything I about no who idea did it. about. No idea. All I knew was someone gets murdered on a train. And you have to figure out who it is. Yeah. But I've never actually heard the full story to know who it's supposed to be. Or yeah. No, I haven't either. We won't spoil it just yeah. yet. Are you okay with if we spoil it for you then, Matt? I've got no problem with you spoiling it. Okay. I mean, it's not that good to you. But... If you remember Red Dwarf, it's been spoiled in Red Dwarf. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. That was Till the Words Run Out by singer-songwriter Josh Nolan off his album Fair City Lights, which you can purchase on iTunes, so please click that link in the show notes. But before that, you heard the Deleted Scene podcast talk about spoilers, or lack thereof, in Murder on the Orient Express. This motivated us to talk about spoilers, remakes, and all sorts of complicated issues when it comes to that. So, welcome to Marcus Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts and the discussions that come from them. I'm Dave from Pop Culture Case Study, and I'm joined by Jesse Lauren, who you can follow on Twitter at Search to Find You. All right, so Jesse, as most both good and bad things uh, start from, I came up with this idea for this episode by being on Twitter too much, and I saw a discussion about the new movie Murder on the Orient Express, and there was a little poll that said, like, you know, before before you saw the movie, did you know about the ending? And it was like a pretty huge poll. It had like hundreds of votes, and it was about 50-50. But in the comments, you had some people saying, like, oh, I had no idea. I'd heard the name of this. And then you had other people being like, oh, calm down. It's an 80-year-old spoiler. Get over yourselves. So when it comes to projects like these that are remakes or they're movies based on books that are that old, do you think the same kind of spoiler rules apply? Absolutely not. I think the onus is on... Uh, the consumer who will inevitably be watching the property, uh, con- you know, consuming the property. If you're not going to watch it, obviously the spoilers aren't a big deal at all. If you are going to watch it, I, I feel like it's a little bit your responsibility to maybe not be around the social media or the discussions mm-hmm. that are actually uh, surrounding that particular property. And really with something that old, something that has uh, origin that's already been discussed for such a long period of time, like, I I don't think that spoilers should even be an issue. Hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that, because I I find myself wondering, where's the line? Like, it seems Mm -hmm. pretty obvious in something like Murder on the Orient Express, like it's 80 years old. But on the other hand, it's also a mystery. It's a whodunit. So the fun in that movie is the ending, right? It's like kind of wrapping up everything and figuring out who actually did it. So for, I don't know, to, to go online for a movie that's coming out very soon and knowing probably that some people don't know it, I feel like discussing the ending of that movie in a public forum it seems just kind of shitty to me. Oh, it all depends on how it's done. Like if you just sure. post it out and say, this is the ending of this thing. And that's just on a timeline that you're scrolling past. Then yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> but if you're running a poll, like you were talking about and saying like, Hey, did you know the ending? Did you not? And then in the comment section, it's like anybody who hasn't seen the movie or doesn't know the ending should know that if they click on that, they're going to get some contribution. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately going to be spoilerific. 
Yeah, that's a valid point. But but what is the line? How old does something have to be where that comes into play? Oh, I think that it's it depends on what you're actually consuming. Like if it's a film, I would say about a year. If it's mm-hmm. television, you know, something that's readily uh, received, I'd say maybe ugh, a month, depending on if it's like a weekly show. Um, books, that's just sacrilegious. Don't spoil a book for anybody who's <laughs> going to read it. Um, so, yeah, it, it all just kind of depends on what the property is being transferred to. Okay, so that's that's an interesting distinction that you make there. So, you know, it's so it sounds like you're saying that, you know, if you're talking about movies, you're talking about the movie Murder on the Orient Express. It's kind of fine to spoil because there have been movies made of it before and it's based on a really old property. But if you were mm-hmm. having a discussion with someone about Murder on the Orient Express, the book, then it's sacrilegious to talk about the ending. Um, yes. If you're in a book club and you said, hey, guys, we're going to be doing Murder on the Orient Express, then I don't think anyone should have to stand up and say, hey, guys, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a given. Like, you're going to be reading it and consuming it for the first time. But with the film, I don't know. It's just it is such a well-known property. And I, I don't know. I, I also feel like um, a lot of the. <sighs> I think maybe the concept of spoiling, like I I have Mm. a few friends who actually don't mind spoilers is what they say. Right. Like they beg for it. Like I watch Stranger Things and I have a friend who was behind me and (laughs) she just kept asking me questions over and over and over again. It's like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not that person. I'm not going to spoil it for you. And she actually got mad at me. She was like, (laughs) I can't believe you just won't tell me. It's like, but watch it yourself. What are you talking about? There are some people who just don't even care. Like, I know so many people who don't care. It's all about the journey and how whatever twist or whatever like mystery uh, culminates and presents itself. It's more about the presentation than it is the actual action of what they're watching. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it really just kind of depends. I feel like the whole spoiler, um, I don't know, movement <laughs> is a little bit overrated. It's like – and again – if I'm in a conversation with someone and I haven't, and I'm behind a show that I'm watching and we're talking about the show, first thing I'm going to say is, Hey, no spoilers. I haven't made it past this part. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I'm quiet and they say, Oh my God, did you see when this happened and that happened? It would be kind of shitty of me to be like, Oh, I haven't made it that far. How dare you spoil it? Hmm. It's like, you you kind of have to set up your own barriers and be aware of a timeline, you know? And that's what right. I meant by, you know, so it's on not, you. Like you said, it's a little bit on you. Right. Yeah. Like if you want to see it and you don't want it to be spoiled, like, um, oh, can I spoiler alert something with a nice little anecdote? Spoiler alert. If you (laughs) haven't seen uh, The Force Awakens, and if you haven't, where What what rock were you living in? Jesus. (laughs) I think that one's safe at this point. (laughs) I know. But for the purposes of this conversation and to really drive the point home, spoiler alert, (laughs) going to talk about The Force Awakens. My son got to see it the night before I did. So Mm -hmm. I went to go pick him up. And at this point, he's like seven. And first thing I did when I got in the door was, Nolan, don't say a thing. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Probably a smart call. (laughs) Oh, it it didn't even matter, though, Dave. Like, he looked me straight in the face. He said, but mom, but mom. And I said, no, I'm serious. I will disown you. Do not say anything. (laughs) 
And then he just looks straight up at me with these big doe eyes and just goes, but, but Han Solo is killed by his oh, own no. son. <laughs> oh, no. And Dave, I literally almost dropped him off on the corner. <laughs> like, we have found it. the limits of a mother's love. That's... <laughs> And apparently it's spoiling anything in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, so I think that's fair. Yeah. But I'm... again, had I walked in and just said, hey, babe, how is the movie? And he right. said that, then that's on me. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm saying is that if you know that something's being talked about, if you know that something's being seen and consumed and that you're liable to hear about it, just maybe a little barrier. Like, hey, guys, right. no spoilers. No spoilers over here. Like, I didn't go on on a social media for almost two weeks because I hadn't seen the Stranger Things. So it sounds like the idea is kind of like, don't go out of your way to spoil it, but also you can't really be surprised if you didn't want to be spoiled about something that has been out in the ether for this long. Like, you can't get too upset about it because, like, you know, this book was written in the 30s or it's fucking Star Wars or Stranger Things, which everybody saw <laughs> yeah. opening day, you know, so you have to know, you know, it's like, what is that saying? You know, the Internet is dark and full of spoilers. Like, you got to know, <laughs> you got to know what's out there and you got to you got to kind of curate your own experience. If, if you're going to kind of venture into any kind of public forum, especially if you have curated your list to a point where it's like all about movies and TV and that's all you're going to see, you got to be ready right. for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's basically like, you know what? If you have the information, don't be a dick. If you don't have the information, don't be naive. Yeah, be careful. Like that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think caution is a is a good way to look at that. The other thing this got me thinking about um as we were kind of getting ready for Murder on the Orient Express to come out and I kind of watched the the 1970s version that that already exists. You know, I think anytime we remake a movie, it becomes a question not only of like why are we doing this, but but why now? And it makes me wonder, do you think like the makers of this film think that this is so out of the cultural lexicon by now that it's kind of safe to make it again because people don't remember it? Because the movie, which I know you haven't seen yet, is not shot or filmed in a way where it's expected you know the answer. The ending is still put across like a twist, just like the original is. So it makes me wonder, like, why now? And is there is there a specific time period for you that you feel like, okay, it's been long enough, it's safe to remake these movies again? Oh, uh, you know, I I don't even think it's necessarily about time period. I think it's about the intent of the remake. Okay. And I, I got to tell you, when I first saw the fact that this was being remade, I was super excited because I love Ag Ag Agatha Christie. I haven't actually read or seen Murder on the Orient Express, but I've seen, and then there were none, uh, same as like 10 Little Indians, you know what I mean? Yeah, thanks like, I for really using enjoyed... that title, <laughs> not the original <laughs> title. I appreciate it. Right. I mean, I try. Um, I really enjoy Agatha Christie and I was really excited about it. So of course, you know, I clicked on the trailer and I started to watch it and I saw some faces that excited me and some faces that rolled my eyes like way back. So Michelle like, Pfeiffer, Johnny Depp. <laughs> basically yeah okay fair and i mean leslie odom jr too like yeah. i haven't seen him in much you know what i mean like i just i know him from hamilton right so it's fun when he just pops into something uh and josh gad oh my love for josh gad interesting is but hmm. okay <laughs> but um i was really really excited about it and then i watched the trailer and i was like oh this is kenneth Branna just like i don't know i felt like he was trying to one-up something yeah, he's brannigging all over the place in that movie, in that trailer, for sure. He he didn't <laughs> used to branna. 
Like, you know what I mean? He used to actually, his name and directorial style used to really stand for something of substance. And then I saw Cinderella. Hmm. And it's like, oh, man, what happened? He's cashing in. That's what happened. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, like, with the manner in which the CGI is done, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's the same feeling that I got because I'm a big, huge Tim Burton fan. And when I saw that he was coming out with, like, big eyes, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you're just trying a little too hard to one-up something. I don't know if you're trying to, like, beat, beat your own image I don't know if you're trying to beat the original story or source material. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it way too hard for me to actually enjoy. <laughs> and sure. there's kind of a there's kind of a difference because an homage that can be handled extremely well and tweaked in such a way that it brings new light to something that we've already enjoyed. Um, to my understanding, and I haven't seen it because. I'm, I'm terrified of clowns, but to my understanding, that's what the the new it is, is like a really beautiful homage, both to the source material and the original uh, mm-hmm. TV movie. But this, I don't know. Like when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, I'll probably skip it. I'll maybe see it <laughs> if it's like for free on Netflix. I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like it just, it didn't excite me because it's trying way too hard to be exciting. Right. I think that's also that's you mentioned another movie that's a perfect example. And that's it, which, of course, was a TV movie and a book much before that. So would you have the same reaction if people were online spoiling uh, the ending of it uh, before the movie came out? Mm. I mean, yes. You know, if you don't know it, you know what I mean? Like, I've never seen the movie and I know what the ending is. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen it. I've never read it. But. I know the ending. That wouldn't right. stop me from actually going and seeing the remake if I didn't have a horrible, debilitating fear of clowns. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So you, it sounds like you feel like if if a remake is like an homage to the original and throws hints at it rather than trying to one-up it and kind of erase it, then it's then it's a better remake for you. Yeah. Like even an original interpretation of something mm-hmm. that previously existed would be – um, like a really good example of that would be the many uh, incarnations of Les Miserables, like from the True. book to the um, you know stage show to the movie to the musical movie to the other movie to the most recent <laughs> musical movie. Like, I mean, they just keep beating that horse. And I mean, God bless them. I'll watch every one. But right. like, you know, but um, there's not one interpretation of that that show or that original source material that i've seen that i was thinking i don't know uh oh you're trying to one-up somebody Mm -hmm. you know what i mean they all seem to be very original interpretations right and something like this doesn't feel like an original interpretation it feels like we're gonna do the same thing but we're gonna try and like throw in some extra special effects and we're gonna kind of throw on a center stage so it feels like it sounds like it feels like to you like almost disrespectful of the original source material. It does. It feels like cinematic masturbation. Hmm. You know, it's just like, stop it. I just like, let's splatter some CGI. And oh my God, it's exciting. And nice murder mystery. And ooh, Michelle Pfeiffer. And ooh, Johnny Depp. He's so cool, right? It's no. Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst. Like, he's really, he's really the literal living worst. Yes. Like, let's not. Like, <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Edward Scissorhands will always be my hero, but Johnny Depp absolutely is not. Let's stop rewarding him. Anyway, 
yeah luckily he has a sm- luckily he has a small part in the movie so there is there is that <laughs> i'll yeah, take no, i'll take more kenneth barna over less johnny depp any day of the week any day and i just told like and i just basically accused him of masturbating on film like <laughs> in any way that he can i mean he probably it's, would if it you know if he could get away with uh, it like he oh kind of you know you're a theater person he seems like that kind of guy be honest. Uh, it's just it's just like stop <laughs> splattering everywhere like how about have a little bit of like i don't know restraint and artistic interpretation i'm right. sorry i'm actually getting a little heated up about this <laughs> but i don't like it right. you know what i mean it's it's very upsetting to see something that was brought to life with uh creativity and earnestness and heart and have it just i don't know uh thrown to the wolves and mm-hmm. the box office a little bit you know it's like it's just got the smell of popcorn and it's not fresh and i don't love it <laughs> i love that that's great okay <laughs> um so kind of moving to to another topic that's slightly related is i had a similar reaction when watching movies that are based on real life stories because there are there are definitely times where i'm like okay that that happened you can't spoil it stop complaining but then there are other movies that i feel like i didn't know about that so there's got to be some sort of line and i'm not sure what it is like if you make a movie about you know the the twin towers going down in a terrorist attack like you can't you can't spoil that like that that's something that is internationally known Everybody knows about 9-11, so you can't really spoil that. But where do you stand on movies like, like say, Foxcatcher uh, that came out a couple years ago? Uh, and apparently some people knew a lot about it. I didn't know anything about this until the movie came out. So where do you stand on spoiling things that really happen that may not be as in the cultural lexicon as these major events? Yeah, neither did I know about that. And there's another movie that. I had seen without knowing what happened, and that was 127 hours. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I've got to tell you, that was horrifying. I'm like, oh, he just yeah. fully doesn't have an arm. That's yep. like what this is about. That's like I literally just thought it was about a guy getting stuck, and then eventually he'll either die or get rescued. Never did it enter my imagination that he would actually cut his arm off. Oh, spoilers. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> by the way. Well, I mean, I think that's what I heard about that movie going in is, is about a guy who cuts his own arm off. Like that's that was like in a weird way, the selling point of the movie. It, they didn't I, I don't feel like they bothered to hide the spoiler when they were promoting the film. Oh, yeah. No, um, I don't think they did. I think that somehow I had just missed it. So to me, it was just about a guy getting stuck. And overcoming oh, okay. that, and then that, and Danny Boyle. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go see it. Sounds good. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure nothing but, um, horrible will happen. Oh God. <laughs> as long as there aren't dead babies, I don't know why that guy loves to put dead babies on film, but he does, and they always just haunt my dreams, and it's not okay. But You're not a on. fan of dead babies crawling on the ceiling and trains. Oh God, stop! Sure. <laughs> 28 days later, too. I just, oh God. Anyway, mm-hmm. so. I don't know how he does it so realistically. I am really getting off topic. (laughs) (laughs) Totally okay. The point, right. But like, I think my point is, is that when it comes to real life events, things that people would have lived through, heard about, that sort of thing, I feel like it's exactly what I just described. It's a pleasant surprise Mm. if you happen to be spoiled. Otherwise, I don't know. Like, it just, it seems fairly fair game. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very torn on this. Like I was listening to uh, another podcast called um, Silver Screen Snobs, and they were talking about Battle of the Sexes, which is a movie that just recently came out about the very famous tennis match um, that, I mean, we'll spoil this here because the movie's been out for a while, that is won <laughs> by Billie Jean King. And it was interesting because this is another uh, situation where I was online and there were a number of people that were pretty angry because, you know, people would talk about the movie before it came out and be like, oh, this is the, the story of Billie Jean King winning this tennis match. And people were like, I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know oh. that she won. So people are going into this movie. But it's interesting. They talk about mm. on that episode about how, you know, the movie doesn't really hide it. I haven't seen it. Um, and I've, I have read about the story, but with my excellent memory, I managed to completely forget pretty much all about it. Uh, but as soon as this movie started, I knew where it was going, what it was doing. Uh, so it kind of plays, I guess, like a broader hidden figures. That that seems like the most recent uh, comparison I could make because you know it's got your true story. It is it is done in a very broad style, so it's easily accessible. But there was something about hidden figures that I thought I think you did as well that made it really work. Like mm. it was um, it was a really affecting movie for something that did seem kind of you could see through the screen and see everything it was doing to make you feel the way you felt where it's going from the very beginning. Like there's there's not a semblance where you think that, that Bobby Riggs is going to win this match. So it becomes an interesting discussion about like how we make movies that are based on real events. If we if we feel that every quote unquote everyone knows, should should they be made in this way where we see what's coming? Or is it more entertaining for you as a viewer if even if you know the ending, if the movie feels like it doesn't know the ending until it gets there? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think that films that are based on true events are more successful if they actually kind of revel in the fact that people know the outcome. Hmm. Um, I'll use an example of like the big short. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like people knew, like, I mean, the entire country knows what happened. You know what I mean? But I think the trick is to take that material and bring information out that other people wouldn't have known Hmm. or bring, I don't know, uh, different sides to the story. You know what I mean? Like the storytelling device in that film specifically um, was extremely clever uh, the way that they handled that. And they almost uh, meta made fun of the fact that of course, you know, what's happening. You know what I mean? It's like, let's break the fourth wall and get some hot actors to explain to you really boring <laughs> fiscal things. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I really, I appreciated and enjoyed that. Every time I've gone into a film that's inspired by a true story and I know the ending, um, I don't know. I, I, I usually am kind of bummed out when they try to treat it like a really big, uh, mystery or twist or revelation. The imitation game is another one. Um, mm-hmm. I can't like I was on board with the movie. It was good. You know, Cumberbatch did a good job. Um, and then they had like the wrap up for like five minutes. There's like words going across the screen, wrapping it up. And they're like, and that machine guys ended up being the computer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. If you hadn't told me, I never would have figured that. Out. It's just it was right. so heavy handed and it was very annoying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like had they actually approached it from the point of view of like a knowledgeable audience, then it might not have seemed so, I don't know, 
it just hit me the wrong way. So mm-hmm. I think that treating the material like you already know the ending can actually give you a better payoff in the end than pretending like it's some kind of mystery and big revelation. What do you think? But I, I don't know. I feel like it depends on the source material. I think with something like the Turing test, which is very easy to look up, you know, we can figure that out really quickly that that's the story of the computer. That's fine. That feels like I can see how you'd have that reaction. I, you know, uh, it feels like it's the movie is treating you like you're a fucking idiot. Nobody likes it. Yes. But when you have stories like, say, Foxcatcher, given the ending of that movie and the fact that, it, yes, there was a documentary about it. Um, but, I mean, you know, who watches documentaries? Come on. But, you know, the mass, <coughs> mass audiences are not watching. Joe and Jane Public are not like, let's watch the newest documentary on Netflix. That's not happening. So I think with a story like that, which is probably well known, very well known regionally, is not well known worldwide. Like this is not a major event. I mean, I think even something like Battle of the Sexes, you can argue, is known well enough that you can make the movie – and make the assumption that people know how it ends. But something like Foxcatcher, I think they make it in a way that the ending where a shooting happens is supposed to be shocking. So I think it really depends on the source material. I think there's some yeah. there's some moments in history that like, you know, you, you're not going to make a, a movie about World War II and Adolf Hitler that's going to surprise someone. Like that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, you could make a movie about other points in history that aren't as publicized. And people probably don't know going in, and I think it's a disservice to your general audience to make the assumption that people know. And maybe that's where they went wrong in a movie like The Imitation Game. It's they, they assumed nobody knew this story, and I think that's sometimes you can go you can go a little sideways when you're really passionate about a story and you feel like not enough people know about this. So you make the movie in such a way that you are kind of teaching or preaching to your audience uh and that that never feels good i think there's a way to make that movie while keeping the ending hidden that is probably more impactful than just words on a screen at the end of a film oh yeah i agree you know um i'm a voracious trivia reader i'm actually very disappointed in imdb for the lack of trivia lately because there are so (laughs) many like blu-ray and dvd extras and stuff right that are actually like built within the movie but i mean i would it's still a pastime of mine. I will watch a movie or I will finish a series and immediately I jump on IMDb Same and thing. start looking up the trivia yep. to just look, you know, like I actually listen to the director's commentaries and everything. And I think, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. Did they actually, did they advertise Foxcatcher as a true story or was that kind of a revelation at the end? No, I think they, they advertised it as a true story. Okay. Um, See, I don't recall it actually being advertised as a true story. Mm. And I had not, I didn't know the story going in. Right. Um, and I remember just kind of going like, Oh shit. You, you know what I mean? Like right. I, having that moment. Um, so you're absolutely right when it's kind of, when it's something that's less known, I mean, again, just don't be a dick. Don't be, don't be naive. Right. You know, it's like, if it's something that people are going to know about, and if you run in this type of circles and that the conversation will be centered around um, something that you're about to see that other people have already seen, it's like, just don't, you know, don't listen, don't read, don't, you know, try to unfocus your eyes and scroll up real quick, which is <laughs> what I've gotten really, really good at doing. Right. Um, but ultimately, like spoilers should not be a thing. It absolutely is a dick move. But 
how are you going to openly discuss something, especially on a social media platform like film Twitter without right. actually indulging in those spoilers? Yeah, I think I think some of the problems arise for me in the fact that there are many people on social media platforms who get the opportunity to see movies before they're released. Uh, mm. And then spoilers leak out before – like – and I see movies opening weekend and I've been spoiled on things that are like, oh, man, really? Like the movie's not even out yet. Like I got spoiled on something on Thor Ragnarok like on the Friday before it released the next Thursday. And I was like, no. guys, come on, man. Like I know I know Marvel puts no. out stuff a couple weeks early and critics and other people get screeners. And I was like, but really like have – you know, like yes, I should be more cautious sometimes. But like that's a true dick move to talk about a movie that's not even out yet. You know, like it's and I end up feeling really bad for like our listeners and viewers who live in places like uh, like the UK or like Australia, because sometimes they get movies like nine months later. So there's like no way like you got to just turn off social media for the year if you don't want to hear about, you know, John Wick, two. You know, it's just like you got to you got to completely avoid it. So like the problems of American viewers are much, much less. But I just think. You know, like you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, like kind of these like time frames. And, you know, of course, you can never really that's not something you can make people adhere to. But like, I think mm -hmm. it's it's a good idea if you want to not be a dick. Like, wait a week, man, just, you know, and if you want to talk to people about it, find other people who have seen it and, you know, instant message them like you don't need to do it in a public forum, because usually the reaction when somebody spoils something and someone gets upset is like, well, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be on the Internet. You know, like, and it's just like, okay, come uh, on. Like, that is that is a dick move and just own it and maybe don't do it in a public space. No, absolutely. And if we are shifting the paradigm to spoilers coming out prior to the actual release of the film, full-on dick move. Absolutely right. no excuse. That's ridiculous. There should be no discussion of spoilers prior to the majority of the viewing audience being able to see it. So, yeah, that really does suck for anybody in the UK, overseas. It's like, that's... That's got to blow. Yeah. Um, but then there's a difference yeah. between that and, you know, say a movie that hasn't hadn't come out yet, like Murder on the Orient Express, but the book came out in the 1930s. Right. There's a complete difference. I mean, that's just something I don't know. I feel like that would be um, that would be like complete people complaining that, you know, someone's spoiling Ghostbusters for like the reboot that they did. Like, yeah, it's fair. Like, you. <laughs> First of all, you know you've seen Ghostbusters. Stop being a little bitch. Like, <laughs> and if you haven't, that's on you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's on you. There had to have been so many opportunities for you to see Ghostbusters. How dare you complain about this? But at the same time, everyone's entitled, entitled to their opinions. Like, I have a friend who gets mad when I even ask him if he has seen a show, like an episode of a show. Like, oh, my God, did you see Crazy Ex-Girlfriend last week? He's like, spoilers. I'm like, what? Uh spoilers that the show exists? That they had an no, episode no. last week? Spoilers that apparently it's important enough for me to, like, reach out and talk to him about. So I, like, <sighs> oh, try <Jesus>. to even. <laughs> no, no. He's got a point, though. You know what I mean? It's like, if it's important enough that I'm like, oh, shit, have you seen it? Yeah, like, but that, I don't know. I, I your friend needs to calm the fuck down. Like that's, that's like, <laughs> like that could be good. That could be bad. Or like, I've reached out to people be like, Hey, did you see that episode? It wasn't that great. You know, it was just kind of middle ground. And that wasn't what I was expecting. That could mean anything. So like, all that means is that a show exists and your friend saw it before you. 
Like, chill the fuck out, man. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But basically, at this point, I just have to be really, really quiet and wait for him to tell me, <laughs> like, once he sees something. I'm like, okay. Jesus. But I get it. You know what I mean? Like, he you know, he wants the purest form of enjoyment. And if I'm reaching out to say, holy shit, have you seen this yet? That means that something big happens. And... Uh, Man, people I, are going to complain about everything. Good gracious. Like, well, I can't mean, even have a conversation I, anymore. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, do you own a television? Oh, quiet. Spoilers. Like, spoilers. Jesus. Spoilers for everything. But that's what I'm saying. That's, that's kind of the environment that we live in now. Right. Because this was not a problem. My uh, Another friend of mine was talking about that. This was not a problem when everyone had all the same channels. Yeah, and we all true. watch the same TV. Now we have 9,000 channels and all sorts of options. Yeah, there were like 12 shows and everyone right. watched it like at the same time. This was it's not, true. this is a fairly new problem that we are clearly having difficulty dealing with. with yeah, and, and, it's, and I think it's the same thing with movies too. It used to be like, you know, you know, one movie every month came out and now it's like yeah. you've got five new releases every week for every week of the year. I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. so like you can't possibly keep up with everything. So you can't possibly avoid getting spoiled about something. And you just gotta, I don't know. I feel like, I think think you're right. You just got to pick your battles. Like there are, there's something's worth being upset about. And something is just like, you know, you know, I, I cared enough to say like, Hey, there's a cool episode of TV and that's enough of a spoiler for you. Like, "Mm, okay, man, I guess. (laughs) Jesus. Absolutely. But no. So yeah, to go back to your very original question. Um, <laughs> what Venus, was that? I, what were we oh talking God. about? Did we get off on a tangent? <laughs> uh, I do think that we should not seek to spoil something for someone else right. at all. But I also think that people should be aware that that information is available and out there. Right. And especially when it comes to true stories, you know, I'm actually one of those nerds that, you know, oh, a new horror movie's coming out that apparently was based on, like, you know, some weird, true ghost shit. I'll immediately go up on Wikipedia and look that up. By like, the way, okay, I would watch that show, we Weird, True, Ghost Shit. I would watch the <laughs> weird, hell out of that show. Weird, True, Ghost Shit. You have to say it like <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, though. Weird, uh, True, <laughs> Ghost Shit. That's pretty you know solid I mean? Goldblum <laughs> impression. I like it. It's good. Well, I love the man, so, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> All right, sounds good. So that is our episode of Markets Played, and as Jesse has told you repeatedly, don't be a dick and be careful. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Marcus Played. And if you like what you hear on this episode, why don't you go subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice? Just look up Marcus Played. And you can also find our show on followingfilms.com, along other shows like my show, Pop Culture Case Study, or Projecting Film. And of course, if you want to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, pretty much every other site out there, just look up Mark as Played Pod. And next time you hear us, I mean, who really knows what we'll be talking about? It could be anything. It could be, you know, about the recent success of Daddy's Home 2, or it could be uh, something about Justice League. Um, maybe we'll put our, uh, our good friend Mike Denniston through a Justice League episode. That could be fun, too. So, But regardless of what we choose, it will be a discussion about movie podcasts. So we hope you enjoy the insight and keep listening.